Hello and welcome to the Story of Self podcast with your host, Mariah Wickham. This is the podcast for women who've wondered what they are on this planet to do, or perhaps you've done a lot of things and you still feel like something is missing. You've come to the right place. We will chat all things mindset, purpose, focus, and how to get more out of your life without doing anything more. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode four. Not to be dramatic about this. Um, well, actually, no. Actually, the emphasis is on the drama here. I want this to actually like swell in your soul and be a comp- accompanied by an orchestra. I want all the bells and whistles and all the drama for this simple question. Who do you think you are? Now, we can say that in a sassy and shameful way, in the way that like someone would have said to us as we walked into a place with more swagger than we should have, or we can say it in a very pensive way with intent. Who do you think you are? This matters a great deal. The way we see ourselves, our sense of identity affects everything we do. It's factored into how your life is going right now more than you even realize. And I've thought about this Uh, so much and care about it so deeply that I created this podcast all about it. That's why this podcast is called The Story of Self. And what I think is important and why I have a deep like sense of, of obligation to talk about this is because most people don't realize that they're perfectly capable of creating any story they want. But how do we do this? How do we go out and create the story we want? How do we figure out who we are in a way so we're showing up in the way we want to show up? Okay, so let's break it down uh, and, and start with we must know who we are. And this can be a decision, my friends. This is not a who are you and then you respond with, well, I'm a mom of three kids and I'm a wife and I'm a photographer and da 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 da. That's that's not what this is at all. This is not what you do or what you've done. Okay. This is who you are. And throughout my coaching uh, experience and many other things I've done in life, I have come to find a few things that were really helpful in helping me know who I am. One is my faith that I have been a part of my whole life. And that faith has taught me that I belong to a a father in heaven, a God that I am an eternal being that I will go on forever and go beyond this life. That piece is a very critical piece of my identity that I carry with me and build around and always, always have with me. But beyond that, um, I also through, like I said, through my coaching experience and different things have found little nuggets that also point to who I am, how I was created, what I was put on this planet to do. And 
some of those things are like personality tests, some serious, some not so serious. I remember many years ago taking a personality test about which dessert are you? And I turned out to be strawberry shortcake. And the description said, often overlooked, but always a favorite. And I have always remembered that. And I still laugh about it because I feel like it describes me so well. (laughs) That was, oh man, that was probably 14 years ago, 15 maybe uh, when I first encountered that. And it was just so true. I was like, oh, how does this, this personality test is seeing me. It's like validating me that I am often overlooked anyway. So, but there are many other more serious, more credible tests as well. Some that have been very critical to understanding myself and who I am are, uh, the four tendencies. Okay. This is a book by, um, of course. Oh, Gretchen Rubin. Uh, uh, Her name slipped me for a second there. Uh, Gretchen Rubin. I absolutely love this book. And the reason why I love it so much is she only addresses how you respond to expectations. That's the only thing she considers when she considers the four tendencies, which are upholder, uh, upholder, obliger, questioner, or rebel. And that was a big aha in my development to understand that I'm an upholder with um, some questioner for sure. Um, And that also helped me so much in my parenting because it helped me understand what my kids were. And one of my children is a rebel and it made perfect sense all of a sudden why there was a lot of tension in parenting for me because an upholder trying to raise a rebel causes (laughs) causes some tension. Anyway, um, beyond that, I love the uh, Myers-Briggs assessment. I love the Enneagram. Enneagram, I plan to talk about more on this podcast from time to time because I love it so, so much. I am a four and everything I learned about the Enneagram and continue to learn totally makes sense to me. Like I, I couldn't believe that there were other people in the world that were fours too. Like, oh, there are other weirdos like me. (laughs) And I joined a Facebook group of uh, fours on the Enneagram and it was just so delightful. Like, oh, I found my people. Like I found other people like me. I I didn't know. I thought I was like the only oddball in the world like myself. And it turns out, no, it turns out there's other people. And it turns out that that is a classic trait of an Enneagram four to think that they are so unique that there's only one person like them. Um, also human design has been very, very, uh, critical and, and fun for me to explore. It can go on and on forever. There's so much depth to human design. If you've ever had your reading done, it goes off of your astrological sign. Uh, no, sorry, not your astrological, astrological sign. It goes off of your birth chart. That's what I meant to say. So according to when you were born, what time you were born and the location of, uh, uh, when you were born, it tells you, um, how you were designed, like what you were created on this planet to do super cool stuff. Um, and so these are all like self-awareness tools that just help you see more clearly kind of like getting underneath a microscope and just seeing more clearly who, who you are, who you were built to be, who you were created to be. Um, and, Along with that, I think life just lends itself to a lot of self-exploration as we try lots of things. Okay. I don't know about you, but man, I have tried a lot of, a lot of different things. I could tell you all about 
all the different things I've tried as a uh, freelance writer, or I went down the interior designer road for a little while. Um, I, <clears throat> I designed um, greeting cards for a little while. Um, anyway, I've just done lots and lots of things. And everyone has just helped me understand myself a little bit better. And every time I pivot or do something new, I take along with me things that I learned in that that previous stage. So a lot of exploration, a lot of travel too. I think I've mentioned that before on this podcast. I've seen lots of fun areas of the world and and every place I go, it helps me understand myself a little bit better to to see other people and their cultures and other people that I, you know, don't interact with on a normal basis. So I consider that self-exploration as well. Another thing you may not have uh, considered when you think about understanding who you are on a deeper level is tapping into your desires. What do you really want? And what are you embarrassed about <laughs> that you want? <laughs> Sometimes there's things we want and we're like, oh no, that's greedy. Or, oh no, that's stupid. Or, And I, I just want to challenge you not, not to shut it down. Tap into your desires really think about what's showing up that of things you want and go after it and create it and make it happen that those desires are there for a reason. And I really believe that your desires are the, the DNA of your destiny and to shut it down and deny that is, is hard, is going to be hard to be who you really are. Okay. So we need to know who we are. Okay, as a PS to that, let's make sure that we know who we are independent of others or circumstances or accomplishments. Okay. As we know, and as you've, I'm sure, experienced in the world, they want to put lots of labels on us. They want to say we're this or we aren't that or put us in categories or put us in a political party or put us in, you know, any, anything that will give us a stereotype. So we want to make sure our definitions of ourselves and the, the identity we create for ourselves is independent of any of that, that it's something that is su sustainable. It's something that will go on forever and, it, and it's an eternal identity that will never change. Um, you may also have had experience in a job where your boss wanted to equate your identity with your performance metrics, right? And we want to move away from that too, of course, because who you are is independent of how you perform. It's independent from anything that, anything that a boss would measure. Okay. And this is true in our relationships as well. Who we are is independent of who our spouse wants us to be. It's independent from the mom that we're trying to be right. Our, who we are is our eternal, eternal identity or, or internal is what I meant to say, internal identity. And it doesn't matter and doesn't have anything to do with the relationships we're in, even though those things inform who we are and they help us be more who we are, or they help, or they may pull us away from who we are. They don't, they don't define who we are. And so let's make sure that who we are and who we decide to be and who we show up as is independent of all of those things. And while we're talking about other people and making sure that our identity is, is 
clearly boundary from them. I want you to think about something for a minute because who we are is somewhat tied up in how we were raised and the schools we went to and the teachers we had, all the different people that were of influence uh, as we grew up. And because of those systems and because of the nature of schools and other things, we, we may tend to put a lot of weight in what other people think of us, right? And then that leads to people pleasing. That leads to making sure everyone else around you is happy and that sort of thing. But what I want you to think about is if you were not threatened or if you never had to think about what other people think of you ever again, how would that change your life? What could change in your life? And whatever you're thinking right now can happen when you have a strong sense of self, when you have, when you really know clearly who you are without all of the habits and different things that you've acquired along the way, like I said, to please other people, to get the A on the test, to perform a certain level, to always be happy, to only show your, you know, only show your best face and in such certain situations. So it's a fun thing to sit and think about and, and just do so really compassionately, you know, like what, what would I do? How would things be different if I never had to be afraid of what other people think of me or, or if I was never threatened by what they think of me, if it just never came up kind of, kind of interesting to ponder. Okay. All right. So now that we have covered that we must know who we are, and then we also need to know those things independent of others or circumstances of, or accomplishments. Let's move on to the next one of learning to embracing who we are. Okay. Learn, or sorry, learning to embrace who we are. And when we get to this point, it's just really, really great. There aren't a lot of threats that come at us from outside of us because we have that strong sense of, of, um, separation from the people around us. There's not a enmeshment of who we are mixed with maybe our parents or friends or spouse, right? There's just like clear delineation of, of who we are. And we embrace all the parts of that person. Uh, there can be, there can be a tendency to only embrace those parts of you that you think are good. Okay. If you have a strong sense of what's good and bad, if you have a strong sense of what's right and wrong, then it might, it might make it seem like there are good and bad parts of you and there are right and wrong parts of you. And what I want to propose to you is that you embrace all of you and that you just let it be as it is. You don't need to make a judgment, but we live in this, you know, we live in this society that we've labeled things weaknesses, we've labeled things strengths. And I just don't, I just don't like to look at it that way as much anymore. Um, of course, there's things I want to improve on. Of course, I see where I lack sometimes. I see where, you know, I could be better. Of course, all of those things. But when we just embrace and lovingly treat ourselves 
then we're in such a better place because we don't give meaning to things that create negative feelings about ourselves. We don't add negative meanings to, you know, maybe mess ups or mistakes or things that we could have done, done better, right? We can just write it off as like, okay, this is a human, (laughs) a human doing the best they can. This is a human showing up and, and learning as they go. Okay. Um, so there are, there are some parts of us or the way we show up sometime that, that might feel icky, that might feel uncomfortable and we wish we'd have done it differently or this or that. Right. But what I want to make sure that I'm communicating is that we work on creating more love for ourselves as we embrace all these different parts of us. And we, when we have more love for ourselves, we have more love to give to other people, right? You cannot give away what you do not have. And that sounds really basic, but it's so, so true. You literally cannot give away what you do not have. So if you are a person that wants to love more, wants to include other people more, wants to embrace other people more and diversity and all of that, it's a good place to start with yourself. Are you are you treating yourself that way? Are you loving and embracing all of you? Or are you like I was for many years of my life where I berated myself and I and I created a lot of shame for myself and I just really talked negatively about myself. I remember uh, many, many years ago, I think I was still in college and I went out with a guy and I don't remember what I said, but it was apparently something self-degrading because he just paused and he said, Hey, don't talk about my friend that way. And it really gave me pause. It made me, it made me think, Oh, Hmm. That, it was actually kind of embarrassing because I was like, oh, I guess I was talking poorly about myself and I guess I probably do that too much. Um, but at the time, I didn't really know how to stop. I thought that that was just what you did. I thought that you just, you know, that's just how you th- should should think about yourself. Um, and it's, it, it's not helpful, right? No one gets ahead by you thinking poorly about yourself. More love in the world is not created by you thinking poorly about yourself or or being the martyr or being the victim. No one, no one gets ahead in that way. And so embracing all of you is a way to generate more love, generate more compassion, and and, and generate more connection because you you feel at, at one with yourself. You feel comfortable in your own skin. Okay. Then This is the fun, really fun part. When you get to that point, this next kind of evolution is that then you share your share who you are, right? And you are able to really see who you were created to be. You are able to remove all the maybe baggage you might refer to it or the fluff or all the extra things that you've acquired over the years that aren't helpful. And then you get to share who you are. You get to maybe share a message with the world. You get to go and do the things that you super love and find fulfillment in and find true satisfaction. You get to show up in your relationships in a way that's so meaningful and so powerful because you are sharing the best of you. You're sharing all of you. 
you're sharing yourself in a way that is vulnerable, but doesn't crush you. It doesn't, it doesn't make you, you know, um, doesn't make you think poorly about yourself. You just, you know who you are and all these other parts of your life improve a great, great deal. You get to share, share who you are. Um, so I hope that talking about these few things, uh, has, uh, helped you understand a little bit more <laughs> what I mean when I asked that question in the beginning with like so much drama. Who do you think you are? Uh, lots of lots of uh, pondering points here, and I want to end on that note. I want to send a few questions your way as we wrap this up, so that you can continue to think about this. You can continue to mull it over, and then seek out seek out help, seek out coaching or seek out other help so that you can define this more and truly stand in, stand in a place where you are very clear on this, very clear. Uh, and so here are the questions. How has your identity evolved over the years and how could it yet evolve? Because who you are today is probably not going to be who you are five years from now. But you're in charge of that. You get to decide how that evolves, right? You get to always choose who you are. And then another good question to think about, what has helped you understand who you really are? That's fun to maybe even just sit down and journal about. And then this last one is something we covered on last week's episode, but also one that would be fun to take some time and think about what's the difference between what you do and who you are. All right. Well, I've had a great time today. Thanks for joining me. And if you have answers to those questions and you want to discuss it more, send a note my way and we will talk. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. If you want to take this work deeper and receive specific help for something that's on your soul or mind, go to my website at mariahwickham.com and book a beginning call. Or you can send me an email with your questions. You can email at support at mariahwickham.com. We make just create a whole episode around your question. As we part, and until next week, never forget that at the center of every success is the story of self.